On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo-Daily, Colleen Rooney and the cult of the celebrity documentary. The very public row has broken out between the wives of two high-profile footballers. Wayne Rooney's wife, Colleen, has accused Jamie Vardy's wife, Rebecca, of leaking stories from her private Instagram account to the Sun newspaper. The Waggata Christie trial is long behind us, but now comes the real story, at least according to a glossy new documentary on Disney+. The documentary gave me time to tell my story and it was just a good way of telling it from beginning to end. Colleen Rooney has sat down for the camera for a three-part tell-all special. But is there anything new of value here? The title of this is The Real Waggoth Christie Story and I have to, you know, it's on the banner of Disney+. Plus. You are only getting one side of the story. And are we in a strange new era where the celebrity documentary is concerned? Are we getting the full story? I think that as a viewer, you kind of have to take what you can get. And you also have to not be naive enough to think that you're getting the full story here because it is very heavily edited. I'm Fiannan Sheehan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Dee Malumby, features journalist with the Irish Independent, and by Dave Hannerty, also the Irish Independent, to talk wags, riches and celebrity propaganda. In studio now are the Victoria Beckham and Ashley Cole of the world of WAG gossip. Dee Malumby and Dave Hannity. Dee, explain to us very briefly the Wagata Christie trial. High drama, low stakes. It was fantastic. It was so entertaining. It really was. And I mean, I've kind of ended up comparing this documentary to like a lot of true crime documentaries, except it's people's social lives as opposed to their actual lives, which are at stake, which is kind of nice, you know, when you're dealing with a a subject matter where there aren't, like you said, that high risks or anything. Uh, So essentially what happened here was Colleen Rooney discovered that somebody was uh, leaking stories about her to the press, stories that someone would have only known if they were following her uh, private Instagram account. And as this uh, documentary, which is streaming now on Disney Plus, uh, delves into, she was able to discover that this person was indeed Rebecca Vardy uh, through the process of blocking other people from viewing her stories. So she would have only seen these particular stories uh, that were leaked. Uh, Rebecca Vardy said that this absolutely hadn't happened. Uh, Colleen uh, Rooney would have accused her in this very long tweet that ended up going viral. And Rebecca eventually brought uh, Colleen to court for libel, but actually law her case in the end. 
Colleen Rooney um, has won and uh, Rebecca Vardy has lost that libel battle that she brought against um, Colleen Rooney. Now, if you remember, this case began with an online spat before heading to the courts for a legal fight, which, of course, has cost millions of pounds. We should point out Colleen Rooney, wife of Wayne Rooney, Rooney yes. former England and Manchester United footballer, Rebecca Vardy, wife of Jamie Vardy, currently Leicester City, former England footballer. So that's how the two wives met and it all it all went uh, from there. What does this documentary tell us that we didn't know already from the extensive coverage of that High Court case? I mean, to be honest, I was kind of surprised at how little new material there actually was. Like when it came to the court case itself anyway, uh, those details were quite glossed over, I thought, compared to other elements um, of the series. We would have learned some like gossipy bits, for example. Uh, we didn't know before that Wayne Rooney had actually had a vasectomy after they had their fourth child. Me and Wayne talked about him having a vasectomy. He said after this baby that's it, we're not having any more. And Wayne went in and got the snip. So I knew for sure we wouldn't have any more children. But really, it was the first person perspective that gave this documentary its value and its insight. Uh, we learned more about uh, Colleen's private family life, her upbringing, uh, details about her being kind of forced really into the limelight from uh, when she was 16 years old as a result of uh, dating Wayne Rooney, who was kind of shooting off to uh, football stardom at that time. And we also learned about uh, her little sister, Rosie, who her parents adopted. So I suppose these are the factors that kind of gave this uh, documentary its uniqueness and which really kind of convinced you and brought you on her side, I would say. Yeah, so it added a bit of context to why exactly she went she went down this route. And Dev, we learn in quite intricate detail the sting operation that Colleen Rooney launched here against Rebecca Vardy. How did it all come about? Yeah, essentially this is like uh, what Tom Clancy in Patriot Games refers to as the canary trap. And of course he didn't invent the terminology, it's a spy thing. It, it's an actual thing that people do, where they purport to put out real information, they leak it, quote unquote, but it's obviously false. And it's designed to trap somebody to say, I'll have that, I'll use this to my own advantage, and you're the only person who actually received it in the first place. That's what she did with her Instagram story. She has a private account, she had X amount of people on it, approximately 300 people, and she puts out these stories. But there were all these kind of false dawns and false starts with it because she forgot to remove, you know, person X over here and she only wanted Rebecca Vardy to be the, the only person to see them. And so it was this kind of long, intricate process. I mean, she has, by the time she gets to the trial, she has all these kind of binders and cellophane folders. All she doesn't have is the kind of red twine conspiracy wall. It's very, very detailed. And it must be said, I mean, you got to give you got to give her a lot of credit. This is proper spycraft. Basically, Instagram, you can put photos up on and stories with comments up on Instagram. And even though you might have 500 people following your account, you can actually limit it just to one person. Did we know that before? Well, yeah, there's a thing on Instagram people have called close friends where they can mm -hmm. decide who sees what. But this is a bit more advanced because I guess Colleen Rooney has her public account, which has millions of followers. But then she has this private account, the second account that she has just for friends and family. But within that, you can apply the same kind of parameters. So, yeah, it's a case of just going through it one by one, individually ticking all the boxes and then leaving just one person out. Now, that person, of course, has no idea this is happening. They assume that everyone has access to this who has access to the account. And in the end, no, it was just Rebecca Vardy eventually 
eventually. She kind of got it wrong a couple of times. Like I say, a couple of false dawns. But, you know, you don't make an omelette without breaking some eggs. Connie and Rooney, is, is, she comes across as quite principled here and also quite a lot of common sense there. She's, it's basically put to her, how did you know it was Rebecca Vardy? And her logic is she knows all 300 people on the, on, who are following her account. They're all friends a lot of them are from her background in, in Liverpool. And then she says, these stories kept appearing in the sun and therefore nobody in Liverpool would have anything to do with the sun. Why is that? Uh, well, for anyone who doesn't know, the sun's coverage of the Hillsborough tragedy, the Hillsborough disaster in 1989 was, you know, and to this day is one of the great, horrible journalistic practices that has ever been seen with the front page that said the truth and the implication, the direct accusation, I suppose you could say, of people who perished in that tragedy were actually the instigators thereof. Some fans picked the pockets of victims, some fans urinated on the brave cops, some fans beat up a PC giving the kiss of life. There was talk of a, a young female victim's top had gone up yeah. and some abuse about her all on the front page just four days after people died. Four days. The Sun, having taken way too many years to apologise for this, have apologised for it. But of course, it is, it is correctly deemed not good enough. And the Sun itself is pretty much boycotted across Merseyside. There are probably some places that do sell it. But generally, if you are seen holding a copy of the Sun in Liverpool, not a good idea. Yeah, so that's how she hones in on it. It's Rebecca Vardy because she's getting a lot of coverage in, in the Sun. So therefore, she sees there's a, a mutually beneficial uh, interest here. Um for somebody in, in the public ID who you would think, you know, social media is pretty much a cesspit and people get abuse all of the time. Colleen Rooney said this actually was taking a, a toll on her mental health. It was really getting to her that these personal uh, aspects of her life were being leaked out there. Uh, yeah, that's right. And I mean, like, it can come across as a tad performative, if I'm honest with you. Like, anyone who's seen the documentary or indeed the trailer for it remembers when Colleen is tearfully saying that she was told you're just not you anymore. And it is a bit melodramatic. But at the same time, I think that you are on her side and you do feel sympathetic for her. I find it particularly from episode one, I think when it contextualizes the fact that she was just a teenager when all of a sudden she was, you know, the subject of, you know, press and media attention, um, like, I said, as a result of uh, dating Wayne Rooney. And you do kind of feel for her that um, she's kind of forced into the limelight from this very young age. And really, she is followed by and hounded by the press from that day on. You know, even at the very uh, beginning of the documentary, when it's following Colleen Rooney in kind of the modern day, there are still a couple of, you know, members of the press who are on her kind of school route. So it's kind of, there is like a sense of maybe not tragedy, but certainly you feel pathos for her in that she isn't able to escape that and that this is her life now. Dev, given that she has, she is this industry in her, in her own right, She's got publicists, she's got presumably lawyers available, advisors and so on and so forth. Why didn't she handle this another way? Oh, like privately, you mean? Mm. Essentially, she kind of makes the argument in the documentary that doing so would just give Rebecca Vardy further ammunition, would give her a new story to sell to the press. And also there is the element of the son as well. She claims in the documentary that the son's involvement was a real kind of tipping point and it angered her so much for the reasons that we've already outlined. However, I mean, you could contrast this and say, well, Wayne Rooney gave an interview, a six-figure sum interview to the son in 2004 after the Euros. And of course, that was quite rightly condemned at the time. People were saying, what are you doing? This is not what you should be doing. So... 
that part is conveniently left out of the documentary as well. But her rationale of I wanted to uh, kind of do this detective work and I wanted to kind of expose her and also the fact that she'd already asked. She'd said numerous times on the Instagram, I know this is happening. I want it to stop. And she felt that that wasn't doing the trick. So this was apparently her only recourse. And for all of us, we got to uh, suffer all the great entertainment that followed. But it then also casts us back to her past life the and particularly her childhood and growing up and you mentioned it already tell us about Rosie and that relationship that's presented of Colleen's family as she's grown up yeah, so Rooney's uh, parents, uh, Colleen Rooney's parents, that is, uh, would have adopted a daughter named Rosie when she was uh, 17 months old. So Rosie had this rare genetic disorder called Rett, uh, which essentially affects uh, brain development. It causes severe mental and physical disability. Um, she died when she was only aged uh, 14 in 2013. And as Colleen talks about um, her sister, it's really quite beautiful. She talks about loving having this little sister and looking after her. She talks about how, um, you know, Rosie really struggled uh, growing up but her family had absolutely just so much love and adoration for her so I thought it was quite a beautiful and touching part of the documentary how much it really had to do with the Wagatha Christie case itself now is another matter and I do wonder if this was kind of you know really just a part of kind of I suppose generating sy- sympathy for uh, Colleen Rooney but I did think it was kind of interesting that they didn't quite go in that direction of the documentary just being about Colleen Rooney they were kind of utilising the Wagatha Christie um, angle, but they were also kind of utilising um, this story and this angle as well, I would argue. Dave, what do we think about Colleen at the end of, of, of this? Does she come across as the heroic figure? And is that basically the purpose uh, of this uh, documentary series, which you'd have to say is quite entertaining in its own right? Uh, the answer to both your questions is yes, absolutely. I mean, like what we were just talking about there, the, the, the very true and very sad story of Rosie. If you want to be cynical, you can say, well, this is part of documentary construction, especially when it comes to a celebrity documentary, because the way that they're framed now is that it's very similar to that of a feature film, a narrative film. You have to have certain beats. You have to have your leading star. And in that case, it is Colleen Rooney. It is quite telling that there is no presence of Rebecca Vardy, her legal team, her family, her friends. None of them get microphone or camera time in this documentary. It's all one-sided. Now, you can be on the side. And the producers literally do not care. They don't make any effort whatsoever to to present the opposite side of the story. No, and like you see, the the title of this is The Real Wagatha Christie Story. And I have to, you know, it's on the banner of Disney+. And I find myself wondering if the Disney subscription has been cancelled in the Vardy household for the months to come because it's right there. And maybe they asked. Maybe they were just told, we don't want to talk about this ever again. But you are are only getting one side of the story and to answer your question does Colleen Rooney come out of it as you know kind of a more sympathetic figure absolutely but the documentary is at pains to construct that for you there's no way you can leave this and not think this is a very intelligent woman and she is you know like we have we live in this culture where the word wag is thrown around incorrectly and like beyond its sexism it's often referred to as like a collective term to refer to one person which I find just baffling you know here's Wayne Rooney's wife and girlfriend no it's one person but essentially the problem you have here is that you can't come away from this without any other opinion because it's so meticulously constructed they have all these reenactments she's in front of the camera she's very good in front of the camera it should be said and she's been there from a young age she was forced into it by paparazzi by leering paparazzi when she was just a teenager but I did come away from it thinking yeah good on you Colleen but I also wasn't going to come out with any other opinion because that's the manipulation of this documentary that's Colleen D what about Wayne what do you make of him at the end of this because they do say an inciting incident in all of this is 
Wayne, shall we say, being caught offside to use football parlance, and 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 not the, the first time he's ended up in a situation like this. How do you how do you see him after this documentary? Yeah, it was quite interesting, the depiction of Wayne Rooney, because actually it was almost slightly more critical of Wayne than Colleen. According to this documentary, Colleen can do absolutely no wrong. I mean, even with all the interviews of her uh, family and friends, they're talking about how great she is, how much of a hard time she had as a result of this legal battle. Um, When it comes to Wayne Rooney, some interesting uh, points here. I remember one point in the documentary was when he was talking about his reaction to that very famous tweet from his wife outing uh, Rebecca and everything. And he was almost laughing about it, saying, what have you done now? you know, whereas the rest of the documentary, you know, actually portrayed this moment as quite serious. So I thought it was quite quite interesting to include his reaction there. Um, he also talked about, you know, he, him being quite interested in the libel case because he himself really likes crime documentaries. He was fascinated by the legal battle and he was even talking about, you know, being interested in going into, go, um, going into studying law. But he proved to be more of a hindrance than a help. Uh, Colleen reflects how her husband was starting all these, um, he was kind of suggesting all of these legal arguments to the lawyers, but she just wanted him to, you know, shut off, stay out of it, let the lawyers talk. So I thought that that was uh, quite interesting as well. And we also got some um, insight on him from Colleen's perspective in the way that she talked about, you know, their marriage struggles over the years, how he's gotten some negative uh, press attention in the past and how he is a different person when he is drinking. So I thought that those were kind of some um, interesting insights, which, again, we could have, you know, maybe delved into a bit more, but that wasn't the um, prerogative of the documentary. Here. Yeah, it, it the uh, the straying offside is it, it's dealt with, but not dealt with. Uh, I, I suppose his his own mother in law Colette says of him, "I love him, but sometimes I don't like him." And it's it, it's quite clear there have been been marital struggles there. But then, Dave, is is that part of the whole construct here of this new style of of celebrity documentary? So it's kind of a new form of of reality TV. It's away from the kind of the the Big Brother model we've had. A decade or longer of the kind of the Kardashians scripted fly in the wall type thing. This is is more a, a deliberate construct where celebrities are trying to really take ownership of their own image. 100%, yeah. You're essentially giving the celebrity, the subject matter, creative control to some degree. Now, we haven't seen the contracts that were written at the various streaming platforms, but you have to think that Colleen Rooney had some say in the edit. I'd be surprised if she didn't. And when it comes to the Wayne Rooney thing and the mention of the, as you say, straying offside, to use the football parlance, um, you contrast this with the recent David Beckham documentary, which also just kind of glossed over that as well. And you're finding that the person at the heart of the Beckham documentary is now coming out in the press and saying, well, this is not accurately depicted and I have not been given the right of reply. So, um, yeah, I think what I've noticed in recent years is that it is a case, as you say, of taking the power back. It is a case of creating and crafting very, very carefully a public image. And it works. I mean, we mentioned the Beckham documentary there as well. There was a clip doing the rounds on social media constantly about him and Victoria talking about, you know, her supposed working class upbringing, but actually she was driven to school in a Rolls Royce. It's not a simple answer because... What did you get your dad to drive? It depends. No, 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 no. Okay, in the 80s, my dad had a Rolls Royce. And Beckham comes across as quite cheeky and funny and witty in that clip. But of course, that just takes all the attention off his association with Qatar and the World Cup ambassadorship and other personal issues as well. So I think these these documentaries are doing an excellent job for the subject at the heart of it. I mean, I watched the Pamela Anderson one this year on Netflix. Um, incredibly vulnerable. 
comes across like a really very, very nice and very, very screwed over human being who a lot of wrong was done to her by an awful lot of people. But again, you know, you're seeing it from this person's point of view. And as well, it should be said as well with these documentaries, they chase, uh, we chase as journalists, we chase people for, for interviews and we want time and access. What about the Lewis Capaldi documentary, Dev? Because, I mean, you've, you've interviewed him. How do you think uh, it was constructed and... Did it give us an accurate picture of, of his struggles? I think it was quite honest, yeah. I interviewed Lewis a few times and I interviewed him on the come up when he was kind of a rising star and I interviewed him when he was a household name and I saw the same guy both times. You know, no difference whatsoever and what I saw in that documentary was the Lewis that I kind of briefly had time with. Um, he is someone who is completely unvarnished and unfiltered and that documentary I thought did a very good thing because it showed you both the kind of cheeky chappy side of him that we quite like and it also showed you his genuine struggles which of course came to the fore publicly as well at Glastonbury just this year. You had that moment where he couldn't get through his song and the crowd sang with him and it was a beautiful emotional thing to see, an incredible display of compassion from thousands of people. And that's the kind of guy that Lewis Capaldi is. I mean, he said it himself. He's like, if I wasn't me, I'd hate me because I'm out there and I say things and people can, I understand if they roll their eyes at me. But there's a real human being there, someone who kind of plays the game perfectly without playing it. He has the personality of a stand-up comedian, but he also writes this very kind of melancholy music. And I thought the documentary, you know, if you want to be cynical, you could say it's being put out at the same time he's putting out an album. We are seeing a real kind of human interest story but the Lewis I saw on screen is the Lewis I've spoken to three times The celebrity documentaries cynical propaganda are actually offering us an insight into these people's lives? Probably a bit of both, I suppose. Um, Harry and Meghan, that was actually another example of mm. a documentary that was really kind of um, occurring to me as we were having that conversation there. I mean, look, these stories are very much from the perspective of these celebrities. They're never going to be overly critical and the subject matter, they are going to be able to decide what isn't and isn't included. And I'm sure those watching Beckham were hoping for a bit more on Rebecca Luz and even a bit more on the Beckham children who basically weren't mentioned um, at all. I think that as a viewer, you kind of have to take what you can get and you also have to not be naive enough to think that you're getting the full story here because it is very heavily edited. So you have to know as you're watching this that it is a very um, curated perspective uh, that you're getting and that you're not getting the full story. And my thanks to Dee Malumbi and Dave Hanratty. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Tabitha Monaghan, researched by Dave Hanrushy and Garrett Mulhall, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from Colleen Rooney, The Real Waggata Story on Disney+, Beckham on Netflix, BBC News, Sky News, Channel 4 and The Irish Independent. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts.